0: You're listening to The Road with pastor-teacher Steve Holt.
1: Proverbs says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. God starts to give us wisdom. That wisdom comes as we worship Him, as we spend time in His Word, as we're in relationships, as we watch our tongue, as we watch the conversations of our heart. That discernment is given to us with a wisdom.
0: At The Road, our vision is to raise up wholehearted disciples of Jesus Christ. For more information on The Road, visit theroad.org. We hope you are encouraged by today's message from pastor-teacher Steve Holt. All
1: right, look at Malachi chapter 3. It's the last book of the Old Testament. And if you came without a Bible, there's Bibles usually in front of you somewhere. We have extra Bibles there. And feel free to to use that. And if you don't have one, you like the Bible that you use, and you can take it home with you. But look at Malachi 3. We're talking about the refiner's fire. God's been speaking to us as a staff team, as a church. And this is the fourth. This is actually the fifth. Vince giving a message, too, on refiner's fire. I want to talk about God's honor today. So let's begin with Malachi 3 again, 1 through 3, which is the one place in Scripture that does talk about this refiner's fire. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of His coming, and who can stand when He appears? For He is like a refiner's fire, and like launderer's soap, He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi, and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. Now, You can go back online and see the messages that I've given in relation to how silver is refined and that it's heated up to something like 1,764 degrees Fahrenheit. That's a lot of heat, and that's a lot of discomfort to the silver. And so God is not, listen, God is not a forest fire. He is a refiner's fire. He does not indiscriminately come into our lives and just burn everything up. He actually has a purpose for the work and the heat and the difficulties and the struggles. In my class tonight for Outlier University where I'm I'm talking about spiritual formation, I'm going to be speaking on abandonment and wilderness, Abandonment in wilderness. Every one of us in this room goes through abandonment. We go through wilderness times in our life, and that can be here's what it can be it can be a refiner's fire. In other words, it refines us and it purifies us, even when we're going through deep pain and betrayal in our life. But unfortunately, for many, even believers, it's a forest fire. It actually burns up their faith. They give up, they quit, they leave the church. They leave the Lord, and in the process of that, their life just spirals downward out of control. God brings fires in our life, but it's not a forest fire, church. It's it's a refiner's fire. He's making something beautiful in your life through difficulties and hardships. Listen to this. It's amazing. Around the turn of the 20th century, a bar of steel was worth about $5. Yet when forged into horseshoes, it was worth $10. When made into steel needles, its value was $350. When used to make small pocket knife blades, its worth skyrocketed to $32,000. When made into springs for watches, its value increased to $250,000. You see, that's what God does. He, he's forging you in an anointing and even a calling in your life. And it's usually not through, listen, you're not going to like this, not through success. It's often through failures. It's often through struggles in our life that we don't understand and, it, and it's just and it's just. Baffling to us how God could do that. Well, look now. Turn to right in your Bible to Hebrews twelve. So almost go to the end of the New Testament, and you're going to come to Hebrews twelve. And we've looked at it before. I want to camp on it again because it's it's just so powerful for us in our journey with Christ. And so Hebrews twelve. Now. <laughs> I'm going to start at verse 1 this time. I started at verse 3 before, but let me start at verse 1 because I think it captures the, the whole meaning of refiner's fire. And we all, and as a new believer, for me, I, this is one of the first verses I memorized was Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. As an athlete, I just really loved it, and I didn't go to verse 3. And a lot of people memorize verses 1 and 2, but they forget there's a whole lot more to the whole context of the passage. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You've not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin, and you have forgotten the exhortation which he speaks to you as to sons. My son or my daughter, I do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you're rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens, and he scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons or daughters. For what son or daughter is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you're without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you're illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now verse 11, camp here, highlight it, underline it, circle it. Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterwards... It yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who've been trained by it. To those who've been trained by it. Everybody say that. To those who've been trained by it. It's not, listen, it's not the peaceable fruit of righteousness if you haven't been trained by it. And God, in His refining fire, sweeps in and sometimes... He has to discipline us, and he often does it through hardship. I was, when I was a kid, I was in trouble all the time. And I had a very, very busy mind. And I remember dad in his church. My dad was a pastor. He had multiple services going at Prince of Peace Lutheran Church in Huntsville, Alabama. And what they would do is we'd go to the first service with mom at 8, get home about 9.30, and then we'd go play, and mom would often, I was about um, 11 or 12 years old, and then she'd go back to the church, do some stuff there, and then they'd all come back. And on one particular Sunday, which has been burned into my mind and heart, uh, quite a, a, a story that's gone around the family over the years, I got out and there was a Sunday paper. And the Sunday paper was out there, picked up Sunday paper. A bunch of the guys came over. We had a playhouse in the back. And this, it was like a tool, it was like a tool uh, shed that had been there when they were building the neighborhood. They left it on our property. We kept it. We had fixed it up, put windows on. Now it was a little playhouse. And we had magnifying glasses. Fifth grade. Fifth grade is when they introduced magnifying glasses. And so we took the magnifying glass, we opened up the paper and went to the funny page, comic section. And we started burning, you know, Charlie Brown's head off <laughs> with magnifying glasses. And, and I had three. I had three magnifying and, and I don't know if they do this anymore, but they kind of opened up. I remember these kind of open up and click, close, and I opened that thing up. And I, so I gave them out to all the guys and we we're all just having fun. And... Somewhere in the adventure, the fire kept going and it started burning up the other, it started catching the rest of the paper, and suddenly flames were licking up the side of this tool shed and starting to catch the tool shed on fire. And there was a Boy Scout master, I remember he was a Boy Scout master because he was wearing his uniform. He has a little Boy Scout outfit on and I guess he had a meeting that day or something. And he was walking and he saw it. He ran over and he got our hose and he started spraying it down. Billows of smoke coming up right when my mom drove up. (laughs) Always that way. And she chased me around the house once and then I realized all the foods here this is dumb, gave up, and she took a switch from a little limb and she switched my little bottom and she said, wait till your comes home. My dad is one of the most loving, kind people you could ever meet. But that day, (laughs) this What I'm holding here is called an American Silver Eagle. It's 99.9% silver. It's a a dollar. It's a one dollar, but it's worth right now. I don't know the latest, but it's around $14 to $16 in value right now. And God has given each of you that are followers of Christ... A grace coin. I'm going to call this a grace coin. And on one side is God's love. On the other side is God's discipline. And God lovingly disciplines us because of his grace. Because he's forming solid silver in your spiritual heart. He's, He's imprinting his faith on that coin of your heart. He, he's, he's making us into the image of Christ and he's forming us. Does that make sense? And one of the ways he does that is through the fear of God and through the honor of God and through the glory of Christ in our lives so that your actions and your attitudes and your relationships begin to reflect our Father in heaven. That's what the church We haven't done a very good job through the years, but that's what the church is supposed to do. We're supposed to so impact our cities that people would come to us and say, we want to know the God you worship. We want to know the God you serve because our life and our lifestyle is so different. And it's full of God's grace and his love. And so God's, God's forging that into us. So go back to Malachi 3. And look where he goes in his description of how the refiner's fire works. So last week we looked at 7 through 12 and we talked about the refiner's fire flowing through the treasures of your heart. That we might be a people that begin to learn to give to the Lord's work because we're being set free from possessions into new life found through putting Christ in the center of our heart then he moves on in verse 13 and he says this and let me let me just kind of entitle this I would call this the honor of God and what we're about to read would be the qualities of dishonor the qualities of dishonor and the conversations of our hearts really interesting your words verse 13 have been harsh against me says the Lord Yet you say what have we spoken against you again there's that rhetorical style of writing that, that Malachi brings we talked about that last week your words have been harsh against me says the lord yet you say what have we spoken against you well you have said it is useless to serve god what profit is it that we have kept that we have kept his ordinances and that we have walked as mourners before the Lord of hosts. So now we call the proud blessed. And for those who do wickedness are raised up. They even tempt God and go free. It's interesting that Jesus says in Matthew fifteen eighteen, Those things which proceed out of our mouth come from the heart. And they defile a man. If you look at that verse, Matthew 15, 18, it it appears that Jesus is saying that our, it comes from your heart, but it's actually the words themselves that defile us. And that Jesus is listening here. God is, is listening to the conversations of our heart. And he says, first of all, dishonor is through harshness harshness there's a harshness to your tone there's a harshness to your way and anybody here been harsh before so let's all just get that one straight raise your hand if you've ever been harsh okay so we're all we all struggle with harshness that because as soon as I say that I'm thinking oh my goodness you know it's not unique it's it's the part of the package of being a human but but this harshness really bothers God bothers God in my life it bothers God in your life he's saying I want you to fear me and that's the theme of Malachi fear me and the first thing he says is look I actually listen into the conversations of your heart and your conversations with others and your words can defile you and harshness is defined as the quality of being cruel or severe the quality of being unpleasantly rough or jarring to the senses. My father wasn't harsh, but he did discipline me. God's not harsh. Listen. God's not harsh, but he's severe. God's not harsh, but he is severe. And God wants our hearts, and he wants to so build a culture of honor within our own hearts that, okay, I think this is water. I hope it is. I can shake this water, and you don't know what's in it. It might be Jack Daniels for all of them. I mean, I don't know what's in it. Okay. He shake this thing. But how would I know, talk to me, how do I know what's in the bottle? This is called difficulties and struggles. You see, what God's doing is he's kind of unscrewing us through struggles and battles in our life because then when he shakes us, we find out, What's in us? So, how many don't like what you see when you're going through severe times and you get shaken a little bit? Yeah. So, God is saying to Israel, and He's speaking to us at the road Look, I don't like the harshness. Then He says, Look at verse 14. You've said it's useless to serve God. What profit is it even if we keep his ordinances? We've walked as mourners before the Lord of hosts. There's no difference. I would call that disrespect. Disrespect. That it's saying, you know, I'm just, you know, we go to church. We're going to go to church. That's what we do. We go to church and we don't engage our hearts. It, It means nothing. It's a religious spirit. We get a religious spirit when we're just going through the motions and not for the honor of God. And so he's saying, look, that, that's disrespect to me. So how do we conquer that? How do we begin to get set free from our harshness and some of our disrespect? I think Jesus said it best, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. So I was distraught. I was distraught on Thursday night. I couldn't sleep. Lots of things were on my mind. I was worried about stuff. I had things on my heart. And I went up into my study, and I went to Psalm 51. Read Psalm 51 today. Read Psalm 51 this week sometime. And where I landed was, God, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. And if you're old enough to remember the old uh, Keith Green song. And so, man, it's so nice now. You can just go YouTube, boom, Keith Green, bam, and just worship for like 30 minutes. Create in me a clean heart. Oh, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. And I just sang that and I sang that and I sang that. And the spirit came. Not on the first verse. I think even the Lord was probably awakened by this raspy voice coming out of Colorado. But but he came. He came. So God wants to create in us a, a clean heart. Renew our reason for serving, our reason for doing ministry. Some of you in this room are incredibly anointed by God. You have such a mighty work of the Spirit within you. And sometimes we get old. Sometimes we get hard. And sometimes we get cold. Here's what he says he wants to do in us. Look at verse, look at verse 16. The qualities of honor. I see these as the as the refiner's fire. Then those who fear the Lord spoke to one another. And the Lord listened and heard them. Isn't that neat? That when we're speaking to each other, the Lord is actually listening in on our conversations. So a book of remembrance was written before him. For those who fear the Lord and who meditate on His name. Men and women, I can't tell you anything more important in growing in honor of God than to meditate on His name. Meditate on His name. I'll tell you an interesting story. It's a little interesting story. I'm not sure I understand it all, but... I was talking to a pastor recently in another city. And he was dealing with a demonized man. Probably the leading district of criminality and criminal activity and one of the leading criminals in the city he was talking to. And the guy said that he wanted to receive Christ. They began this dialogue and this demon manifested And this pastor, with all of his knowledge and all of his wisdom, began to try to cast out this demon. It would not leave. It would not leave. And this spirit said to him, you don't know what you're doing. He said, most of the pastors in the city do not have a clue about the power of the name and the blood. And he could not cast out the demon. It was a high level demonic spirit. Church, meditate on his name. That means study the name of Jesus. You know, just do a, do a go through a list of the names of God and all the different Hebraic meanings for God. It's, it's beautiful. I remember when I was being. Uh, I was learning to pray the Lord's Prayer many years ago. I began, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And in my Bible, I don't have that Bible with me now, but in my Bible I had in the, uh, in the opening page, you know how you have blank pages a lot of times in your Bible? And so in this one it was like a study Bible and had like blank pages and I wrote all the names of God that are in Scripture. And so each time I prayed the Lord's Prayer, I prayed Jehovah-Rohé, Jehovah-Yahweh, Uh, shalom and I went through those lists and I would pray one or two each time I prayed and, and I would worship that part of God that aspect of his character so he's first of all he says meditate on the name that they shall be mine verse 17 says the Lord of hosts on the day that I make them my jewels and I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him you know I read verse 17 I think about how beloved we are we're His church. God loves you. God loves us. God loves His church. He's got plans and strategies in His heart that we haven't even touched yet. He's got plans and strategies for your life that you haven't even experienced yet. But as you learn to fear Him, as you learn to love Him in intimacy with Him, He begins to give us glimpses and open doors that no man can shut for the, for the work of his spirit through you. Then you shall again discern. Proverbs says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. God starts to give us wisdom. That wisdom comes as we worship him as we spend time in His Word, as we're in relationships, as we watch our tongue, as we watch the conversations of our heart. That discernment is given to us with a wisdom. And then he says, between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve Him. So there's a discernment that happens in our life. It's interesting Reading an author recently, this is what he said. He says, Cancer is not the problem. This is a doctor. Cancer is not a disease. Cancer is only a symptom of impediments in your body. In other words, church, our physical bodies were meant to function in a healthy way and then he begins to describe what are those qualities that we might inaugurate in our lives that would make us to not hopefully get cancer and he says maximize mindset, maximize nerve supply, maximize quality nutrition, maximize oxygen and lean muscle and and minimize toxins in your blood. So I was reading that and I'm going, wow, that's a pretty good description of the church. That's a pretty good description of my life spiritually. That the more we fear God and we love God and we go after God and we worship Him, the more our bodies, I'm talking about our spiritual bodies, are maximized with the impediments driven out. We start to have discernment and wisdom that we never had before. That's where fasting and prayer comes in. That's the power of fasting and prayer. Is that when we fast and pray about something in our life. How many of you have ever fasted and prayed about something in your life? Okay, a lot of you. So you come to these, these roadblocks. or something that you're fasting and praying about. And something about not eating for a while that tunes in your mind, it might be for three days, it might be for 10 days, it might be for 21 days. Some, some of you fasted and prayed, I know, for 40 days. I've never fasted and prayed that long full fast, but I have done 21 days. And I'll tell you, man, you get tuned in because that shows the Lord and, and I, think, I, I, I think it gets God's attention that this guy is really serious. And so we're spending quality time with Him, maybe an inordinate amount of time with Him. Maybe that's all you're doing during that time. And so what you're doing is you're cleansing, creating me a clean heart, you're cleansing your heart and mind and you start to have discernment. The first time, first time i ever fasted, never even heard anything about fasting. I'm 21 years old. I go to Fountain Valley, California to train with Athletes in Action, their gymnastics team, and all the guys are into fasting and prayer. And I'm like, this is weird. And I said, they said, man, you got to do it, Steve. You got to do it. It'll, it'll just change your gymnastics life. It'll change your Christian life. And I went, okay, I'll do three days. And I remember that was the hardest three days ever in my existence as a kid. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I didn't eat for three days. But here's what I do remember. remember. And, anyway, and I mean, I didn't do anything but drink water. Right? So it was a complete three-day fast, and nothing. We went to McDonald's afterwards to celebrate. And I threw up in the parking lot. <laughs> so sometimes our biggest struggle in this cleansing work of God in this refiner's fire is that God's actually trying to get stuff out so that we can maximize our walk with God. Because what happens is the cleaner we get, the more quickly we notice those things that are not clean. So the more we start getting away from those areas and we start to walk in purity and have God cleanse our heart, the more we hate those things that we know hurt God's heart in our life and that's what he's saying here church he's saying to us I'm listening to the conversations of your heart let me cleanse you, let me work my, let me work that bitterness out and that anger out
0: you've been listening to The Road with pastor teacher Steve Holt, we hope you have been blessed by today's message to connect with us further visit theroad.org If you are walking through a difficult time, we want to pray for you. Go to theroad.org, click on the Ministries tab, and go to our prayer page to send us your prayer request. Thanks again for tuning in today, and be sure to listen to the next edition of The Road with Pastor Teacher Steve Holt.